It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome <laughs> to another edition of Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS with Laker teammates, NBA legends, and sometimes it's just Ari and myself. And today, that's what you're going to get, but you're still going to get an earful because we always bring good eargasm to Showtime with Coop. All right, how are you, sir? Great, man. I love the way uh, you say that. That's, uh, uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's good. And you got to hear from, from some of our, our, our fans of the show while you were out signing autographs. That's pretty cool, too. You know what? The fun part about this, Ari, is that, you know, when we do this, you're in your place, I'm in mine, and whoever the guests that we bring on, we just talk, and we, we hope that people are listening, but they are. I didn't know that. I was at a signing in Chicago, and a Boston Celtic fan, well, he, he was from L.A., but he lives in Boston, and he comes up to me, and he says, you know what, Coop, I listen to you and your guy Ari, and you guys are, are so insightful, and you're funny, and you guys tell the truth. And uh, so he had me sign a, a picture for him and his son. And then I stood up and took a, a picture with him. And he says, Coop, do you think if I go get a basketball that you could put fuck the Celtics on it? <laughs> and I was a little shocked, but I said, hell yeah. Come on, go get the ball. So I ended up just signing F blank blank K. And I think you got what it meant on that. And I mean, he loved it to the fact, but it was just an honor and Real exciting to me that people do listen. This is kind of like underground radio, don't you think, Ari? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And I love, you know, even though you've had, you know, we've, we've obviously had Cedric Maxwell on and you've, you know, you've buried the hatch with some of these Lakers, Lakers Celtics guys like that. I mean, I can't say it enough, man, that that rivalry defines the NBA. And, you know, as much as you, you'll diminish it at times, like, or defer from it. I mean, it is, you think about how popular the NBA is and it is only on its way up for more and more popularity. I mean, it goes back to you guys building the foundation of this thing. And, and that's, what I'm, that's what I'm starting to realize. Ari, I'm starting to realize is that what we did back there, yeah, it was a fleeting moment of greatness, but it has lasted and sustained and has built this big 
snowball, if you want to say, use an analogy, rolling downhill, where it's only getting bigger and better. And, you know, some of these guys, you see them out there now, and, you know, we'll talk about the big three in a minute, but some of the guys will talk basketball, and even those guys, you know, Mario Chalmers, Joe Johnson, you know, they still give us that respect, because you've got to figure that some of the coaches with Rick Barry, uh, George Gervin, Rick Mahorn, Dr. J, Steve Mix is Dr. J's assistant coach, uh, Gary Payton. These are all the people that started the, the blaze the trail for these guys. And, and uh, you know, it's nice to be recognized, uh, but it's even more nice when the fans recognize it and, yeah. and really uh, pay homage to us in a sense of getting the NBA to where it is today. Well, and it's funny because the guys you just mentioned, way better NBA players historically <laughs> than any of the guys in the big three. <laughs> in our mind but uh so let's start this off we'll talk as we said about the big three mentioning those guys there you know the big three is on the rise man it really is and it's a shame that that the the olympic committee or whoever the powers to be couldn't let our championship team into that because we would kick them guys ass man i'm telling you i watched that three on three why don't they stars pardon me why don't they well i i I don't i can't really give you a true answer i'm gonna just say that um I don't think that they want to allow it because it wasn't NBA sanctioned in a sense. Mm. Uh, so I think that may have something to do with it, but that's just my, my assumption on why it didn't yeah, happen. That makes but sense. Gonna, they have to let it happen because if you're going to have big three and the Olympics is about the best sport event for the world, you, you're excluding that team. And Joe Johnson and the group they got, the triplets that t- Lisa Leslie coaches that won the championship last year, and are now 4-0 in the league going forward, are, uh, I don't think any of the teams that won, any of the teams, especially the USA team, men's team, could have beaten this team here. This team is real solid, and it's professional, and uh, they play hard, man. Well, and look, with all due respect to Joe Johnson, who was a really good scorer and player, I mean, he was on a lot of bad teams that didn't win anything, right? So it's, I'm glad he's finally winning something. <laughs> Hey, anyway, I, I look at it like this. Anyway, you can get a championship, baby. Right. Get Absolutely. And yeah. he was on a lot of bad teams or, you know, mid-tier teams, you know, yeah. for a long time. Well, Joe's averaging 29 a game. And Dude could fill team, it up. That was it. never a problem for him. Our, our ultimate goal point-wise is 50 points. He's averaging 29 for his team. <laughs> so he takes a lot of pressure off his teammates. All they got to do is score, what, 19 points, 20 points, something like that, maybe a little bit you know, to, to win the game. But, you know, it is truly uh, a great league. This week, we're going into our fourth week. We leave tomorrow to go to Chicago. Uh, we were supposed to be in New Orleans for like a doubleheader thing down there. But because of COVID, uh, the procedures that are happening down there is on the rise. We They really did a great job of changing us and keeping us playing. So we fly into Chicago. And Thursday, we play in Chicago. And then Saturday, we play in Milwaukee. And it's Things are happening so fast. I don't know if it's Milwaukee first and then Chicago, but we're going to be there. We'll be, we'll be, we're landing in Chicago. We're staying in Chicago and driving or whatever. But if you're out there and you're listening, we're going to be in your city this week, Thursday night, Thursday, and Saturday. You're going to get some great games. You get to see, um, like I said, the triplets are 4-0. Uh, uh, Jackson, uh, what's his name? Steven Jackson. Yeah, he's a big-time player in the NBA. He is now coached for Trilogy and has a very good team. They're 3-1. and one. Uh, Speaking of... What's your, what's your record? We're 1-3. and three. We're just the opposite. I wish we could change that around. It was a typo and move that three in front. But we're 1-3, and three and we, we're struggling, and we're having a hard time. You know, this year I have Mario Chalmers, DeMar Johnson, Drew Gooden, 
picked up Ryan Hollins in the draft, and then we drafted a guy named Jeremy Pargo. Uh, they reduced us by one player uh, this year, uh, so everybody has five, except the triplets who won. They have six, but they can only play five. So, uh, yeah, we had some tough games, lost a tough game last uh, the other day against Do- Doctor's team, who has Nate Robinson and Jason Richardson. And, J- and Jason didn't play, but Nate was there, and they had brought in some guys, and it was just a debacle. But, you know, we're going to get fired up, and we're going to be how charged much, up. In all honesty, how much coaching do you do in there? You know what? It, it's really not a lot of coaching because it's three-on-three. Three. I mean, you want the guys to go through some things, but it's more like um, – you know, I was talking to Lisa, and uh, I saw her in the hallway there, and she stopped me. She goes, I said, Smooth, you know what? Don't think you're bad because you're winning and stuff like that. She goes, Coop, I don't think I'm bad because I'm winning. I'm doing what you did for us with the Sparks. And I said, well, what is that? You know, I did a lot of things I like to think. She goes, Coop, you know, the one important, two important things you did for us with the Sparks that I'm using with these guys is one, you uh, have, you let us, and I used to ask them, you got, y'all tell me what's going on out there. Y'all are out there. And she said that you don't know how important that is because a lot of coaches just want to see it from their angle and they're going to come from their angle. She said, but you asked us what was going on. So we were able to make adjustments as a team. Wow. She said, but the best, biggest and best thing that you did is that you always made us feel good about going out there to play and about ourselves. You know, hey, you're the best. You you better than that player. And, you know, yes, I'm a competitive nature, but it's still about the whole team. And she said, that's all I do with our team, with Joe. She said, I make them feel good about themselves. And she's making them feel real good because they 4-0 and and it looks like they're going to go undefeated this year. Wow. No, I mean, and that's, look, I mean, obviously from a, you know, a fan's perspective, you think of the schematics of a coach, you know, and, and designing plays and but I mean the motivational piece confidence piece under you know understanding the psyche of the roster in the locker room I mean that's to me what I've noticed way more important in coaching than than anything else that's probably like the most important part of coaching in any sport well big time you gotta get your players to feel good about themselves and want to play for you uh that was the one thing Pat Riley used to do with us when we played is Riles could get us fired up to where and we do this is the metaphorically run to the wall type of thing, you know, but we would run to the wall for him. But because we knew he was with the team with us, maybe he was in the back and our heads was hitting the wall and right. he was going to walk through while we busted our heads to get through. Uh, it's still that kind of science behind it or that psychologically motivating technique that you use is to get the players to play for one, everybody buy in. She's done that with her team. Uh, you talk about plays in the big three. You've got some things where you can do a two-man game or you throw right. the ball. You're not running a motion offense. And you've got to come away and do some motion. That's all it is. But, again, it's just about uh, – the big three mainly is about having the, some, some people that can go. Uh, George Gervin this year has a team called Ghost Ballers. And the Ghost Ballers are three and one. And George was like 0-8. I mean, 0-1. No, he was 2-8 last year. But now he went out and got a kid named Mike Taylor. He has a guy named Chris Johnson, I believe. He has uh, 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 Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Davis. Ricky Davis? With the Celtic. Yeah. Those guys are playing well together. But this Mike Taylor kid, <laughs> he's probably the most hip-hopist kid. He's always dancing before the game. And, you know, they make this big intro. But they're playing extremely well. So, and George just sits over there like this. He doesn't move or anything. <laughs> he sits. And every now and then he'll go, I, I really do believe he's just moving his mouth. He's not saying anything. He'll go. And <laughs> it's actually funny to see, but they're playing well. So, you know, three on three, the big three 
is uh, getting bigger and better, and we're going forward. And this year of all years, we have to be playing a little bad. Like I said, we're one and three. Two years ago, we started one and four, but we end up making it to the playoffs. Playoffs are in the Bahamas this year. And what a vacation. It could be a working vacation to go to the Bahamas. You'll be there for five days uh, in Grand Bahamas. And, and Where are the playoffs it, usually? Huh? Where are the playoffs usually? Well, the last championship before COVID was here in Los Angeles at Staples Center. So Lisa won it at home on her court. And that doesn't sit well with me because here she is, a new coach that didn't know what was going on. And here she is, she walks into a championship kind of like Steve Kerr did when he was with Golden State. <laughs> but it's an homage to you. You know, she, she won a title based on your tutelage as her coach. So, you know, it's you're part of, she's I part of the- I didn't get no ring for it. She got a ring. I didn't get a ring. <laughs> you can pat me on the back all you want. I want the residuals that come with that, man. But uh, that's about the big three. Everybody got the big three coming to your town, Chicago, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Chicago, either one, we're going to be there. It'll be in the paper. Uh, the media outlet will be bursting high out there. That's for this week coming up. And hopefully big, uh, the Threes company can turn this thing around. I think by the end of this week, we can be three and three with a good shot of going in, or we can be one and five thinking about going home early. But either way, I'm having fun. I'm coaching. And get out and see the big three because it's real special. So... With that, we'll end our Big Three segment. Again, you're listening to Showtime with Coop, Insightful BS. And today is just Ari and I BSing each other. And next week, we got some special guests coming in. That'll take a little hiatus a little bit, but we're coming back strong. Uh, let's talk about NBA basketball, Ari. And you know what I'm going to talk about. Hey, this is Michael Cooper. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, National Basketball, National Hockey League, and all your UFC MMA action. Real-time updates, odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online, your laptop or mobile device, and take advantage of the fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't sit on the sideline anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Let's talk about NBA basketball, all right? And you know what I'm going to talk about. Busy week. Busy week with, with free agency starting the draft. So, I mean, already the Lakers. Let's start with the Lakers, I guess. Once you start with the I'm starting with. I'll yeah. end with the Clippers, but we're going to start with the Lakers. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Lakers, I thought, did a great job. The hierarchy over there is doing its job again. All right, let's, uh, let's start with Russell Westbrook. Because, look, they made a bunch of moves. They lost Caruso. They bring back Dwight Howard, Ariza. But how is Russell Westbrook going to coexist with LeBron? Is this I a think, good move? I think it's a great move. And I think for this, because I think of the trials and tribulations of Russell Westbrook moving around, OKC, Houston, Washington, this could kind of like be a landing spot for him. Him being going, went to the UCLA, right. hometown for him. What a great place to just kind of mesh and where you don't have to do it all. 
And I think Russ is, is a competitive player, but he's also a player that want to be recognized as a champion or at least to play for one. And I think that's, you know, Chris Paul, that would be his, and I think should be his, his swan song on the way out. Hey, I got a chance to play for it and never had. So I think Russ will look at it like that. I think LeBron is accepting of that. I think LeBron is willing to hand the ball over because you know what? Russ still has some energy left in him. He has about a half a tank because he keeps his body in great shape. And I think they will allow him to do what he wants to do. He knows he's playing with the other superstars, so he's going to have to share the basketball. But when the time comes, you got a point guard that can go get his both offensively, on them boards, and can give out 10-plus assists on any given night. And I think that's going to be an addition that the Lakers would love, are going to love to have. I think, you know, you, you're going to have to have him on the ball, obviously, at times. You're going to have to have him off the ball at times when you want LeBron handling the ball. Um, you know, the thing about Russell Westbrook that makes him great also makes him tough. You know, he's just a whirling dervish. You can't scheme around him. You kind of just have to bend to what he does. I mean, that that's – he's just a – I mean, he is so athletic and so powerful that it's just – I mean, he he just – when you look at his past experiences with other teams, that's like – that's been the pro- – what makes him great has also been his problem that you can't devise schemes around him. He's just kind of his own offensive ecosystem. And I think this will be one of the biggest challenges of LeBron's career um, is trying to figure out, you know, leadership with him because he's such an alpha, but also, you know, how, how to coexist with him down the stretch of basketball games. Because again, there's going to be, you think about 82 games, whatever they play now, they still play 82. They play more or less now. Well, they're gonna move, no, they're going back to 82. So, I mean, 82 games, you're going to have the ups and downs of, you know, you, this game, Russ takes over and he's on the ball. This game, LeBron. But in the playoffs, down at crunch time, I'm just interested to see how they they coexist. I, I think if anybody can make it work, LeBron can do it. But it's, I mean, it is going to be fascinating theater. And now, like, there's talks about them bringing Carmelo in, which I know, I mean, this isn't the type of player, this is the type of player that Russ is at this point. You know, I mean, Carmelo's, you know, a, a guy comes off the bench and contribute for you, but it's just it's going to be a very interesting season as they're trying to build the championship roster back up against around LeBron. And you listen, you in La La Land, Gollywood, you got all the things going. This is going to be a soap opera waiting to, um, yeah. I think it's going to either be to, for the bottom to drop out of it or for them to win a championship, especially if you bring Carmelo in the mix, which I don't think is a bad idea. I think his time in Portland really has uh, given him a chance to do an ego check. And Carmelo is a good guy, man. He, he really is. He just wants to win. But again, when you've always been a scorer all the way back from your first AAU team when you were 11 years old, it's hard to change that. But I think he's changed that. It's a great landing spot for Carmelo. Who wouldn't want to be in Los Angeles too? But I think if they were to put those four stars together, well, let's just do it with the three first with Westbrook. That I think is going to be okay. I think if, if LeBron could get Kyrie Irving to buy in, when we was at Cleveland, but right. if you saw, he let Kyrie do a lot of scoring, which also helps LeBron. I think he can do that magic, work that magic with a, uh, with the Westbrook. That's a great point. AD is another in the mix guy. And you know what? The only way AD is going to be that superstar player is he has a basketball. And I think Westbrook knows that coming in. Last but not least, Coach Fogel is going to have a big, a big fun time with this word load management, because now you can sit LeBron five, 10 games and let Russell Westbrook do his thing. Right. And all he has to do is just be competitive and competent with AD and the other players they got in. They're going to be successful. So Very it's going to be fun to watch that. 
So let me ask you this. What do you think was the biggest flaw of last year's Lakers team? The biggest flaw was Rob Palenka letting uh, Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee get out of L.A. That was the biggest flaw. I think they could have survived through everything else had you had one, if not those players, because now you don't have to play uh, A.D. so many minutes. You don't have to live with Gasol shooting threes and not doing anything else. You've got somebody that if we make a mistake on that defensive end around the perimeter, you got some some rim blockers there that'll block shots or at least intimidate or contest shots. You kind of got half that, that, that scenario back and going to get Howard. Uh, that's one that's hard to swallow, I bet, for him. But you know what? You got to swallow that pill, Rob, because, again, that was a move that you made a mistake on, and it costed you a championship because now you're asking AD not only to score but play defense and play big minutes, and his body just couldn't handle it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a great point. That's, I mean, I'm sure Palinka bringing Dwight Howard back gives you a pretty good idea of, hey, we missed you last year. You know, we missed taking that toll. And, and look, I think – one of the things that's pr- probably underappreciated is having a guy like Dwight Howard that takes some of the wear and tear off of Anthony Davis over the course of the year, right? If Anthony Davis is guarding a four or guard, you know, if he's able to guard a, a, a not have to guard a five and bang inside, like, and that's one of the things I think was underappreciated about Dwight Howard and Jabal McGee the year before, where it's like, now you don't have that wear and tear every game, having to bang with a five every single game where it's like, you can slide him Dwight Howard into the five, have him bang down low and, you know, and now you're, you know, now you're helping Anthony Davis. So I, I agree with you. They bring back Dwight Howard. They lose Alex Caruso. They bring back Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, and Kent Bazemore. So they're bringing a lot of guys that have been with the Lakers previously back into the fold. How about the loss of a guy like Caruso? Uh, and, and ultimately, Coop, what do you think about all these moves that have been made? And not not going to miss Caruso. I think with the players that they brought in, and if you notice, the significant part about Bazemore, Ellington, Trevor Ariza, all those guys are great, great role players. They're not yeah. going to look to do more. They're not going to look to, uh, they'll expect, to, they'll, they'll expect to, to fill in the holes and stuff like that, but they won't play out of their position. And I think that's what you had at times with Caruso, with uh, Kuzma, with uh, KCP. You had guys that wanted a bigger role instead of just playing their role. And I think these guys have come in and do a, a better job. Uh, Ellington is a flat-out shooter, so you got you to play him. I think uh, Schroeder will be helpful, too, uh, as a backup to Westbrook. And I think, again, those two being in OKC, now you got Schroeder playing his role, and you don't ask him to play extended minutes, and you'll get significant minutes from him for the amount of time that he plays now. So Lakers winning the title next year? Oh, for sure. Hands down. (laughs) You know what? And you got a lot of seasoned vets there. That's the big important thing. Your three key players are are big-time superstar vets. And if you, the mother guys come in and do their role, they're going to be all right. I don't see anybody that can beat the Lakers once they get in sync and get to rolling. Again, the biggest key is going to be what they do with their defense. And I think they'll be good. I think Westbrook takes times off on pick and rolls, but I think being with LeBron and somebody that get after you for taking time off will make him better. I don't see Phoenix beating them. I don't see Denver beating them. I don't see uh, Utah beating them. And now we're going to move over to the Clippers, Clipper land. You know, I'm a closet Clipper fan, so I'm going to come out the closet for a brief moment. But <laughs> that's my assessment. Lakers win the championship. And I'm going to tell you how, how many games. It could take them It could take them five. It could take them four. It could take them seven. They're going to win the championship. <laughs> <laughs> of course. All right, how about the Clippers? They, uh, 
Kawhi Leonard, is he leaving or is he going to come back? They sign, they bring back Nicholas Batum, who's a good piece. Um, What's your feeling here on the Clippers? Well, before they got Westbrook, I I would put money down on it that they were going to get, that Kawhi was coming to the Lakers. Now that's not going to happen. Okay. So I think what Kawhi done now is he's going to assess the situation real good. Uh, Obviously, uh, letting his uh, his uh, option extend out to where he's a legitimate free agent. And I think he's going to see what kind of moves they're going to make. You got the $114 million on the cap already between Zubak, Kennard, uh, uh, Kawhi, Ibaka, uh, who opted in. Uh, and again, that's, uh, that, that was a major piece there. Right. Now, Ka- Kawhi was a major piece, but Ibaka was a piece that had they had him, they, they, they could have done a little bit more without Kawhi being there. I think they could have got to the Western Conference Finals. But with the Baca coming back, I think it's going to be good. And I think, you know what, Paul George will finally be able to play. Uh, provided they put all the pieces together and Kawhi come back, he don't have to come out and be that big-time player. Now, another special piece to their thing is they got to get Reggie Jackson signed. That kid played great basketball. Uh, throughout the whole series, throughout the whole, all the playoffs, and had they had Kawhi uh, Jackson's uh, his 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 play would have been insurmountable. He would have blew up really big because right. now you you got a chance to see him hit big shots with Kawhi on the court. I think Nicholas Batum is going to be a big part. They're going to have to do something with him, get him signed, uh, or find a way to get him back. And the one thing I love about the Clippers. I like underdogs, okay? Clippers underdogs. One thing I loved about the Clippers play and watching them play this year is you got to see the emergence of Terrence Mann become a good, that's going to be a star player in this league. That kid came through, man, in that Utah series. He showed what kind of player he was going to be. My thing is he's going to have to figure out if he's an offensive player or a defensive player. And in, any, in the NBA, you can be both of them, but you won't be good at either one. Right. Or you can you can – let's say I'm going to be a defensive player and be very good at it or an offensive player and be very good at it. And he showed that he can knock down the three, but in the same time, he, he gave up a lot of defensive mistakes. So I think that's going to be their dilemma. And to your, and to your point, just for people that are like, what do you mean? Like you can only, you only have so much energy to give, yeah. right? So you're not going to be giving full energy on offense and full energy on defense. You sort of have to pick your spots. I think that's what a lot of people say about your game is your offense was underrated because you were using so much of your stamina and energy on defense. And that's why it was hard to shoot sometimes. I didn't have legs. <laughs> Throw the ball to me. I'm wide open, man. You say, Coop, you got to shoot the ball. If I shoot this ball, it's going to be an air ball. I know where my energy lies. So I was always passing. But yeah, those are the things. You know, you got to put a lot of energy. But in the same time, just going back to the Lakers for a moment, that's what made Russell Westbrook so great. There's a guy who had energy to score points to get rebounds and to give out assists to triple double to break one of the greatest players that ever played this game record. And, um, there you uh, go. yeah. So that's the decision I think he's going to have to make. And if I were him and if I can give him any advice, I would tell him to be a defensive player because defensive players stick around a long time. You look at uh, myself, you look at Bobby Jones, just to name the two of us, uh, John Havlicek, I'll throw him in there too, because John Havlicek was pretty good. Dennis Rodman? Uh, Dennis Rodman was a rebounder. I don't consider him a defensive player. He was a great defensive player. That's why I'm offended that, not offended that he got in the Hall of Fame, because I'm not hating on anybody to get in there, but he got in being a rebounder, 
which is a good thing. He can be, but he wasn't a defensive player. Magic kicked his ass when we were playing on Detroit. Was taking him that first game, wore him out. Dennis, Dennis who? Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> I love that you're like, Dennis wasn't a good defensive player. One of the greatest offensive players in the history of the league, Magic Johnson, scored on him. Like, of course he did. <laughs> Magic scored on everybody. It's <laughs> like Larry Bird scored on me all the time, or George Gurman scored. But people are saying Michael Cooper's greatest defensive player. <laughs> all right, all right, you can throw him in there. I'm going to just throw him in there. But uh, I think Terrace Mann has to do those type of things. I would say be that defensive demon for them because he can do that. He's kind of limited, though, because he can only play one twos. Some threes might be too big for him, but he has that he has that toughness about him. But uh, and, and I get, I mean, you can kind of do both a little bit. Be a good, I had I get it for one year in 87, knock down threes. And yeah, you can do it for one year. But I think you saw a true star come out of him in the Clippers. Can the Clippers win a championship if they get everybody back? The luck of the draw, they stay healthy. I think they can compete with the Lakers, and uh, it would be nice to see both of them meet in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, something we certainly thought we were going to see this year. The Clippers get to their first ever Western Conference Finals. Like, that is that is unbelievable. I mean, I know it's like you were on the Lakers when the Clippers were so bad and so brutal, and they were, have been for so long, but it still is unbelievable that <laughs> 50, 60 years of basketball – they finally play in the Western Conference Finals for the first time ever. I mean, the Lakers, they've probably been there our like playground, man. the time. <laughs> that was our playground, the Western right. Conference Finals. It was so routine for us is that we didn't even hang Western Conference banners because that you, you're supposed to get there. Right. You, it's right. like Boston. Boston didn't hang no Eastern Conference. I mean, they have a few there, but their goal was we're going to win the East. That, that's a no-brand. It's about winning the whole thing. So, yeah, that is kind of uh, – Startling that crazy. So let me ask you this on Kawhi. He's got these recurring injury issues. I mean, you obviously, of course you sign him if you're the Clippers, but I mean, how concerned, I mean, what, how do you protect against that? Right? Because obviously your ceiling is Kawhi's health, but it's not just a one-off thing. He's got recurring issues with that knee. Well, I think you, you, do the best you can with him, getting him somebody to, to be after him. I think load management will really, really, really benefit him a lot throughout the course of the season. But at the same time, Kawhi is such a competitor. I think he thinks of load management as being soft in a sense because yeah. he wants to compete and come out there and play. So I think it's a it's a catch-22 situation with him because you just have to just kind of – I wouldn't play him on back-to-back games for sure. I wouldn't do that. I think he would travel with the team, but you'd have to give him a day off in between because they got enough to win, especially the, the games that you're supposed to win. Uh, and nowadays it's almost hard to pick them kind of game because everybody's so good. Cause you would say, Hey, uh, Memphis, we're supposed to win the, that, that kid, uh, John Moran, that boy can play. So he's yeah. going to make you be competitive. So I just think they have to pick and choose the games that they play him. But if he comes back healthy, as healthy as he can be, the Clippers are a team that can contend for a championship. Did did this NBA playoffs tell you anything about the league in terms of like if the Lakers don't win it this year or are as bad as they were in terms of output, right? Like if they don't get out of the second – they get out of the first round or the second round? Second. Are we starting to look at this and say maybe LeBron's done through winning championships? I mean, especially given, I mean, Trey Young and Luka Doncic. I mean, just the emergence especially of these guys in the playoffs – you know, it's a young man's league, right? Yeah, I, I don't think you could say that 
that I think the league is just catching up with everybody because the league has been so bad that these teams now are getting very good basketball players. Right. And they're, getting, they're starting to put the pieces together. So I don't think it's necessarily, and, and LeBron is getting up there, but that's why he needs help. And that's why this Westbrook thing is, I think going to be a big addition along with the other people that they got to go with that roster. But I just think it just says a big testament to the league is getting better. Teams are wanting to win a championship. You look at Denver. I mean, the way that they play, they play you very tough, play the Lakers very tough. And they would, and they did that. Just think when they get Murray back, they're going to be even that more dangerous. So I don't, think that LeBron or the top teams are coming down. I think the bottom teams are coming up and they're starting to be recognized. I don't think you see Phoenix have a season like they did last year, uh, this past season. I think Phoenix will always be a team that's going to be very competitive. I think they'll go one or two rounds in the playoffs and get beat. Uh, but I don't, you know, you got those, those dream teams or those wonder teams or those surprise teams that are rear their head for that time. And it's just like Milwaukee. I don't think Milwaukee gets to the finals next year. You don't think so? No, no. I think the East is going to be too big and too tough. I think Brooklyn will work really, really hard. And I think for some reason, the magic will come together where Harden and Kyrie and Durant all are healthy the whole season. And if they do that, they're going to put many ass whoopings on a lot of people. I mean, there were a ton of injuries this year. It's funny, though, because it's like that happens every year. You know, I mean, every year injuries dictate the outcome of seasons. And, you know, some teams can overcome it. Some teams can't. I don't know if there are more injuries this year, but five, six, seven years from now, no, nobody will remember the injuries. Everybody remember, oh yeah, Milwaukee won the championship, right? Yeah, like that was a surprise. And that's true to say, but the weird thing about the injuries are they weren't like those devastating knee injuries. They were like twists and tweaks and, yeah. you know, a hamstring yeah. is something you can come back off of. It's just a matter of you taking your time coming back. And I think these guys realize the amount of money that they can make. So they sit out a little bit longer yeah, on a hamstring and they don't do anything. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're getting the rehabbing done at practice and during their off times, but they wait so long that then when they try to come back, they try to come back full speed. You know, a hamstring, and I've had many of those. I pulled them. I had a bad one, the hip pointers. I don't know if you ever had a hip pointer, but a hip pointer is something that that takes about four or five months to come back. If you get a bad one, if you almost break the tip of that thing, because if you sneeze at home, you can re-injure that and set yourself back a week. So it was a lot of little injuries that happened through the NBA. And that to, that to me was shocking. Is that low management wear and tear? No, that's part of being a professional athlete, football, yeah. baseball, basketball. Injuries come with the game. Yeah, well said. Well, all right. Big three we covered. Lakers we covered and the Clippers we covered. I think we know where we're going. And we just want to say thank you to everybody that's been waiting for our show to come back. We always try to give you some very, very productive news. And we have a good time. Hopefully I was able to, uh, for the Laker fans out there, Laker Nation, give you a little bit more something that you can hang your hat on. For the Clipper fans, and especially this guy named Clipper Daryl. You ever heard of him? Of course. Clipper Daryl, that guy there. Is he back? Wasn't he like he kicked I, out? He was using a lot to be there? Is Clipper Daryl yeah. back? Every time we run into each other, we almost start fighting because he's <laughs> a major smack. Seriously. I, and I love the guy because he's so passionate about the Clippers. And right. I told him, I said, listen, the Clippers will be a winner when you take off that half white, half red, half blue jacket and put on some regular clothes and be a real, real fan. Then they'll be <laughs> We should get Clipper Daryl on the show. We got Clipper Daryl on the show. You know what? I'm going to do that. That's who we need to get. And you want to hear some real sugar honey iced tea talk, Clipper Daryl can bring it. I'm going to work on getting him, all right? I'm going to get him. That'll be I want to know, like, why, why the Clippers? <laughs> <laughs>
like, what was, what was he doing? Well, you know what? This is what he told me. Cause I asked, I said, Terry, why can't you be a Laker fan? He said, Coop, listen, as a young guy coming up in LA, I used to, I used to like y'all. I was like y'all, but you know what? And when the Clippers came up here, it was like, nobody likes them. And I said, you know what? I'm going to be the first one to like him, but I'm going to get him to tell the story the way he told it to me. And I said, you know what, girl, that's a shame because you know what? We really could use you on our bandwagon. We could, he would have been a good voice for us, but you know what? He loves the Clippers and he loves them passionately. Yeah. And he's right. There's no Clippers fans. So it's good to have one. That's a wrap. Again, you've been listening to Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS by my Laker legend teammates and NBA legend friends. But today it was just Ari and I. And like two old married couples, we're getting ready to tell you goodbye because that's the end of this show. <laughs> See you, Ari. Thank you, brother. 